on the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to talk about violence. There's an awful lot of violence in our world. The Bible addresses that issue, and we want to see what the Bible teaches concerning the subject of violence. Stay with us. The virtual Bible study is set to begin. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 931-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And this is the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June the 16th, 2022. Thanks for joining us online tonight for an important study from the Word of God. My name is Greg Gwynn. With me tonight on the program is Josh McCord. Josh, thanks for being here tonight. Good to be here. Looking forward to your comments behind the board as usual. Kyle Barnes. Kyle, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. Uh, We are looking forward to an important discussion we're hearing more and more about violence, and we want to see what the Bible tells us about that. Might just do a couple of announcements before we get started. We're reminding everybody that our upcoming community Bible study is now just a little over four weeks away. Uh, the dates are July 18th and 19th. Uh, as usual, we haven't been able to do this the last couple of years, but typically every year in July we have this two-night meeting in downtown Columbia in the municipal auditorium called the Memorial Building. So we'll be getting more information out, uh, and and it's easy to find the Memorial Building just two blocks straight west of the downtown square in uh, Columbia, Tennessee. If you're within a driving distance of Columbia, we hope you'll come on one or both of those nights. Donnie Rader, Donnie Rader who's well-known speaker and preacher uh, here in the Middle Tennessee area, is going to be bringing lessons about Family and parenting concerns in this modern world. There's a lot of those, Josh. Mm-hmm. I think it should be an important subject. One of those concerns, by the way, is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Okay. Youth violence. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's becoming an increasingly yeah. big problem. So uh, hopefully he'll be addressing that and a lot of other important things. Again, mark the dates, July 18th and 19th. Lord willing, if we can get all our wires connected, we're going to be live streaming that too. So if you're not within a driving distance, hopefully you'll be able to pick that up on our live stream channel, College View Live Stream. So be watching for that. It's about a month away. Also want to give you an update on Jacob. I'm satisfied that probably a number of our regular listeners are wondering what in the world has happened to Jacob, uh, who hasn't been on the program. Uh, now this is the fourth, fourth program in a row that he hasn't been with us. Uh, he took an extent, he and his family took an extended vacation way up into northern Maine and, uh, and they really enjoyed that. They got home, and now Jacob is, is sick. And so his, pl- his plan was to be on the program tonight, but he's, he's home uh, uh, convalescing tonight. So that's what's happened to Jacob, and we'll, we'll look forward to getting him back. We'll probably, I imagine Josh will probably have to retrain him. He's probably forgotten <laughs> everything he knew. Uh, he's probably forgotten more than I'll ever know. <laughs> and uh, we look forward to getting Jacob back on the program. Okay, so. The subject of violence, a very important, serious issue in our current world. 
To our update list earlier today, we sent out these questions. If you're not getting our update, just send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Say, put me on your list. And to our update list, we sent out these questions. Number one, what are the basic instructions of God's word for Christians concerning violence? As a sub-question, there's a lot of violence recorded in the Old Testament. How do you explain that? Number two, is it appropriate to be entertained by violence, TV, movies, video games, and so forth? Number three, what is contributing to the surge in youth violence? That seems very obvious that there is a surge. What do you think is causing that? Number four, relative to the topic of violence, how should we view capital punishment, serving as a police officer, serving in the military, or acting in self-defense? And then finally, what is the real solution to the violence problems we see in the world? So those are the questions that we hope to address in our study tonight. You can participate. You can give us a call at 931-381-4567, 931-381-4567. You can send us an email, and Josh will be watching the email inbox uh, during the program. You can send us an email to questions at collegeview.com, or you can get in the chat room, and that's what most folks do during the live program. Uh, if you're looking on our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, and you see our video window. Beside that video window, there's a, a live chat room. And you can get in there, and, and we'll try to get Josh to ma- uh, maintain that or keep an eye, a vigilant eye on the chat room as well when we go along. All right, so let's, let's dive into this. First question is, what are the basic instructions of the Word of God for us who are children of God? How are Christians to act relative to violence. Josh, start us out on that. Well, what I was thinking about that, Greg, was we actually mentioned it last night in our class. Uh, in Mark 12, beginning of verse 30, Jesus said that, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other, these, there is none other commandments greater than these. Uh, so I, I guess on this subject, any subject, I think a good starting place is the, the general rule of thumb was you need to love God, you need to love your neighbor as yourself. So if I'm loving my neighbor, I'm, I'm clearly not going to be intentionally right. violent toward right. him. Right, and, and Jesus made the comment several times in the New Testament that on those laws hang, hang those commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Yeah. And so so like we talked about in our, our class last night, if you watch that on, on the YouTube channel, we talked about the fact that if you love your neighbor, uh, you're not going to steal from him and you're not going to try to kill him you're not going to do evil to him if you love your neighbor uh, as yourself so so there's an overarching principle that would apply to us as christians if we love our neighbors we're not going to be violent toward them that that would be an easy uh, takeaway i was thinking of paul's statement in romans chapter 12 uh verse 18 romans 12 18 if it be possible as much as lieth in you live peaceably with all men in other words if it's up to me there will be there's not going to be any violence i'm not because I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the initiator. Uh, now, we've talked a lot of times about that verse, Romans 12:18. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. I think there is an exclusion there that that uh, that says, you know, it's not possible sometimes with some people. But if it's up to us, we're going to be peaceful. We're going to be live peaceably with all men. And then I was also thinking about. The qualifications of elders is stated in First Timothy chapter three. You know, uh, I, I assume that we would expect that el- those who would be 
elders would be living by the high standard of the Word of God, uh, you know, that, that they would be men of spiritual maturity. What would be, the, what are the characteristics that they ought to possess? First Timothy 3, verse 3. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, not greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. So, not a, notice there are two statements. He's not a striker. He's not a brawler. I think the word striker there in other, uh, uh, tra- English translations are probably, he's not contentious. I think the literal meaning of the word is he's not r- quick with a blow, not ready to strike a blow. You know, uh, we sadly know that there are people like that who, who, who are ready to fight at just a, a instance, pro- just, a, you know, they got a chip on their shoulder. They're just looking for a reason to fight. And, and, and an elder who, again, we would suspect you you would have to conclude that these are men who are uh, spiritually mature and understand the rules of, of Christian living. That's not what they do. They're not contentious. They're not ready with a blow. They're not brawlers and fighters. So uh, I, I would just use those kind of verses to say that the ideal for Christians is that we would never be engaged in violence. Uh, personally, we're going to be peaceable people. Uh Watch the chat room there, Josh, and I got a couple of emails here on this. Uh, Kent in Georgia says, we need not only properly define violence, we also need to take note of how the scriptures make application of this specific principle. When we discuss the term violence, we need to remember that such is basically speaking with reference to that of force. And looking uh, at... Okay, now, okay, now I'm going to stop there because he's going to go to the Old Testament question that we've got as a follow-up. Uh, so, uh, let me mark that right there and we'll, we'll follow up on his, on his comments. But I, I think it is important that not every reference to some violent act is a condemned act of violence in the scripture. Uh, we'll talk here a little bit later about capital punishment, for instance. And so capital punishment, when a criminal who has committed a a violent crime, he's committed a violent crime, he's committed a capital offense, and when he is executed, that's a violent thing, but it's not wrong. Uh, And so violence is the use of force, but when we talk about violence in its negative connotation, it's when we talk about an unrighteous use of force. There are some righteous uses of force. What we're talking about specifically tonight is an unrighteous use of force. Okay. Uh, and we got an email from Dwight in Iowa. He said, God's children are not to be violent people. We are to be loving and long-suffering. Jesus stopped Peter after cutting off the ear of the servant of the high priest in Matthew 26, verses 51 and 52. Jesus had a purpose to fulfill, and Peter tried to stop it with violence. Uh he goes on to say, I would, however, say that if one is protecting his family from intruder, that he has the right to inflict some sort of violence to stop the intruder. To be naturally violent, to pick a fight, etc., is not the character of a Christian. I'm going to mark part of that question because uh, it goes to the question of self-defense that we'll talk about later. And we may get some disagreement on that point. But uh, uh, to be, uh, I think his, his concluding statement there is actually totally right. To be naturally violent, to pick a fight, and so forth, is not the character of a Christian. Any other thoughts on that, Josh? Well, we got a comment in the chat room. Brian in California says, Matthew ten sixteen mentions wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
I see our charge to be tactful and conciliatory. If a physical altercation can be avoided, we should seek its path. Yeah. We should be the people who are well, peacemakers. Pre- we're peacemakers. We're, we're trying to prevent fights. Uh, we're trying to avoid fights. We're trying to solve fights. We're not trying to instigate fights. Right. Right. All right. We're getting a phone call here, and this is always a challenge to me, but I want to see if I can get this working here. Let me see here. Hang on just a minute. Hello. Can you hear us? Okay, you're on the virtual Bible study. Let me see if I can get... I think I've got your volume all the way up. Who's calling, please? Hey, Jeanette, how you doing? Are you hearing that at all, uh, Kyle? Let me see if I can get this up here a little bit. Hang on, Jeanette. We're going to try to get the volume up just a little bit. Try it now. Um, okay. In, um, I can't really hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Jeanette. Go ahead. Okay. In Luke 3, um, 13 and, no, in 14. 314, uh, that's where the soldiers came to John the Baptist, and they were asking what they should do, because he was trying to usher in the time of Christ, and, uh, and John told him, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. And I, I feel that, um, like you, you had said, as much as is able, we are to live peaceable with all men. So I just don't think that that Christians should be policemen or soldiers. Okay. Well, now we had, a, and I think you you participated in a program we had several months ago where we took on that topic, and we're going to talk more about it. Certainly, we even if you I'm, were... I'm going to get off because I can't really hear Okay, you, so great. You know, th- th- thanks for calling, okay. and we'll, we'll try to comment on those things. Thank you. Okay. Okay, Jeanette's good to call in. We don't always get a good connection, and I'm not too skilled in running this electric board over here. So uh, I hope that our listeners could hear what she had to say. She had somewhat to say about serving as a uh, soldier or police officer. We're going to reserve comment on that in in a minute. But Jesus' instruction, or excuse me, that was John the Baptist. John the Baptist's instructions, even to soldiers, were don't be violent people. And, And Now, a soldier has certain duties to do, but even in that, he's not to be a provocateur he's not to be the right. instigator and, and we'll talk more about that when we get to it thank you Jeanette for your call all right let's grab a break when we come back from this I think an important question to ask is what about so you're telling us that Christians are to be nonviolent people but I, I don't te- I'll tell you something Josh I read my Old Testament and there's a tremendous amount of violence in the Old Testament how, how do you explain that? We're going to try to do that when we get back from this break. Stay with us on the Virtual Bible Study. We'll be right back. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. Here's a quick thought. Can you search out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than the grave, what can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. Job 11, verses 7 through 9. God's ways are so far beyond us, but the beginning of understanding Him is in His Word. Wisdom and understanding can be found there. Seize the day. 
Here's some quotes worth pondering. God is the unseen guest at every meal, the silent listener to every conversation. What we need is the ability to tramp the last mile, shape the last plan, and endure the last hour's toil. The fight to the finished spirit is the one characteristic we must possess if we are to achieve the prize. The measure of a man is the way he bears up under misfortune. Man, wish I'd said that. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. And we're back on the virtual Bible study. We're talking about the problem of violence, uh, what the Bible says about violence. And, we, and in our first question, and, there's a, and of course there's a lot of avenues leading out from this, and, and, and we're going to try to get to some of those. But I would argue, Josh, that bottom line, as Christians, we should have the reputation and the characteristic of being peaceable people. I mean, uh, but I think all of us have known people that you would just personally describe it. He's a violent guy. He's a violent man. Yeah. That should never be a descriptive of of Christians. Right. Now, now I'm going to put it on you. All right. What about, I mean... The Old Testament is part of the Bible, too, and God was dealing with people in the Old Testament times. He deals with us in the New Testament under the law of Christ. But back in Old Testament times when he was dealing with people, there was a tremendous a lot of violence recorded in the Old Testament. If God is one who wants us to be peaceable people, how come there's so much violence recorded in the Old Testament? Yeah, well, that's an interesting question. It depends on what type of violence you're talking about. You know, we're, we're really focusing on unrighteous violence. Uh all the way back in Genesis 4, it's recorded where Cain killed his brother Abel uh, unrighteously. But there's other violence. Uh, you know, when, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, God used them as a force to drive out a bunch of the wicked nations. And, and wicked is the key there. He actually used the armies of Israel as a punitive agent right. against those pagan idolaters who were doing gross things like sacrificing their babies to their idols. Right. Right, so it's really it's really a question of what kind of violence are we talking about and what's the what's the context. But you know, overall, I was thinking there's several verses, but uh, Psalm 54 and verse three it says, "Strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set God before them." Overall, violence, unrighteous violence, comes from people who uh, have not set God before them. Exactly, and and I really think that sort of summarizes it. I was thinking, in, in regards to Old Testament violence, I was thinking of a couple examples in the case of David, King David. Mm-hmm. Well, David killed Goliath, mm-hmm. which was a, a, a certainly a violent thing. I mean, he, he, he took a guy's own sword and stood on top of him and cut his head off. Uh, pretty violent. It was. But it was, it, it was righteous mm-hmm. violence in the sense that he was doing the will of God. This, this pagan had been taunting God's yeah. own um, people. And and so he and and David always then and thereafter believed that God was with him right. in regards to that action, and we think so too. Well, then think of another episode in the life of King David. Think of David and Bathsheba, and how David had Uriah the Hittite, Bathsheba's husband, had him basically murdered on the battlefield. Well, that was violent for sure. Mm-hmm. It resulted in Uriah's death, and it was condemned. Uh, by God, right. uh, and and David himself acknowledged the sin that he had done in that matter, and so uh, I, I think what we got to realize is that 
and I think you've used the right terminology, Josh, there's righteous violence and there's unrighteous violence. And so you can't just throw, throw down a blanket and cover the violence question and say all violence of every sort is condemned. It's just not so. Right. Right. Uh, let's look again to our emails. Kent says, in looking at the violence recorded in the Old Testament, we note various actions of violence that are obviously wrong and therefore sinful. However, some actions of violence were authorized and even required of God in opposition to that of sinful conduct. The determining factor would depend upon whether or not such is authorized by God as well as the purpose for it. If one affirms that all violence is sinful, then one must incorrectly affirm that God was guilty of sin in the punishment of both sinful individuals and nations in the Old Testament. One will also of necessity be driven to the false view that God is acting sinfully regarding the concept of eternal punishment in hell. That is as violent within itself as violence exists. Uh, so I, th- I think that's well said. I think Kent's uh, right on the mark. Uh, uh, you, you, again, like we were saying, we're to be a peaceable people. We are not to be instigators of violence. And even in the Old Testament, where there's a lot of violent acts recorded, there's a distinction between violence that was condemned as sinful and violence that was commanded by God and, and was fulfilling uh, his commandment. And so we got to make that distinction. Right. Uh, in the chat room, Harold says, oftentimes justice demands violence as shown in Scripture. Samson and the Philistines also, said, he said there's many examples. Oh, yeah, there's a tremendous, tremendous number of examples. Exactly right. Thank you, Harold. All right, let's go to the second question. Is it appropriate? So this this comes this comes closer to home now, Josh. Is, is it appropriate to be entertained by violence? You know, we live in a, in a new time when we have the... Uh, opportunity, if we choose it, to see an awful lot of violence. You know, it's, it's always been so. I mean, you, you think of the Roman Colosseum and the crowds that gathered at the Roman Colosseum to see the, the lions devour the Christians. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty violent, I'm right. sure. Uh, but it, your access to that sort of thing was rather limited. When you think of the total population of the Roman Empire or the city of Rome itself, it was a just a fraction of people who had the opportunity to take in that sort of thing. Uh, we can do it 24-7. You know, and we can, we can watch TV, we can watch the movies, we can stream videos on the internet. Uh, and a lot of people, and you think this would, you would think almost this would be limited to, to young people, but it's not. A lot of people are playing violent video games round the clock. And there's been episodes of people who even, were physically injured or harmed or died because they wouldn't stop playing the games long enough to get sleep, get something to eat, and go to the bathroom. Yeah, I've, read, that, story, I've read stories about that. Yeah. Like, what? So, so, so that's a new thing. Yeah. And so I'm saying that our uh, ability to access and view violence uh, is is at a level now has never been like that in the history of, of the world. So. What about that? What about being entertained by violence? What do you think? Well, uh, in Proverbs 1, uh, there's a lot of things described. But in verse 10, it says, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. And it goes on to talk about uh, if they say, Come with us, let us lay wait for blood. Let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them up alive as as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit. And he, and he talks about a lot of things. But, you know, I would I would just say that, 
we've got to be careful. If, if there's anything that God has called sinful, being entertained by it, in this case we're talking about violence. If God said that violence is wrong, we ought not to uh, partake in unrighteous violence. For me to be entertained by it, wouldn't that that, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, it, it's sin. Sin ought to be avoided. I shouldn't be looking at it and enjoying it and thinking, oh, man, that's great. Yeah. It's a sinful thing. It, it's something to be avoided. And I think we've just been desensitized by it. I think access. that's exactly right. That's a great word to use. We've been de- and, and, and it goes back a ways. I know I've always enjoyed watching the Westerns on TV and. And there, and they were there was violence in those westerns and and I'm not justifying that necessarily at all, but it was certainly wasn't as graphic as what we, yeah. when Matt Dillon shot a guy on Gunsmoke you didn't even see any blood. Right now when when they shoot somebody, you see all their entrails yeah. spilled out on the sidewalk, you know. And so the the the, the graphicness of the violence is is certainly increased for sure yeah. but i'm not justifying any violence because it knows what jesus said in matthew chapter uh 15 beginning verse 17 do not ye understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the draught but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile a man for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts murders adulteries fornication thefts false witness blasphemies these are the things which defile a man, but to eat that which was with unwashed hands defileth not a man. Jesus said, what comes out of your heart is, is what's in your heart is what's the problem. He says, it's not the food you put in your mouth that goes through your digestive tract. It's the things you put in your brain that you allow yourself to dwell upon. And then that is, man, notice he says it comes out, uh, out of the heart proceed. Evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, and so forth. And so when we, so if we allow ourselves to constantly take in this violence, it's not surprising that it makes us a more violent people. That, that, I mean, that's just actually common sense. Jesus is saying something there that is borne out just by common sense. And so to be entertained by violence, why would we, be surprised to see that it is manifesting itself in a more violent society that we lived in live in when we see it and view it and are entertained by it all the time yeah uh instead of that of course i think this verse has got to come uh, into play in this discussion instead of being entertained by the violence remember what paul said in philippians 4 8 Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Uh, and so, uh, again, we're actually going the opposite direction if we allow ourselves to be entertained by violence. Yeah. Um, uh, Kent, by email, says, violence is never appropriate for entertainment. If sin is practiced by means of violence, such is certainly sinful, and the viewing of such as entertainment is also sinful. He references Romans 1, verse 32, which I really think is a great verse in regards to that. He says, Romans 1, 32 says, Those knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In other words, people are are, are entertained by those who commit sin. That's exactly what that verse says. In verse 29, it mentions murder, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, and so proving and being involved in those things. Yeah. uh, Kent goes on to say, in consideration of the biblical doctrine of eternal punishment, punishment, 
such exist upon the righteous and righteousness and holiness of God, but there is nothing entertaining about it. God takes no pleasure nor joy in the punishment of the wicked, and neither should we. Uh, Dwight in Iowa says to be entertained by violence would be no different than to be entertained by drinking scenes or watching immodestly dressed people or shows that pr- promote or make light of homosexuality. I will say that for many Christians, we have become callous to all this sin. We think that just a little won't hurt us. We need to reconsider our thoughts and remember our conversion to Christ. We have laid the old man of sin away. Love not the world, nor the things in the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life are not of the Father, but are of the world. All right, I think I think all of that is is certainly right. And I I confess that I need to take that more seriously to heart. Because, again, I, I've, I've always enjoyed watching the, the old westerns, you know, uh, not, not the new ones, because there's a, not only is there violence, there's a lot of immor- a lot more gross immorality depicted in modern westerns, but, but in the old John Wayne westerns and so forth, I've always enjoyed those, but again, there's violence there. And it, it, it you just can't stand up in defense of violence at any level. All right, Kyle, you got any thoughts on that? No, no. All right. All right, we're going to take our uh, our bullet point break. When we get back, this I'm interested to get some input on this. What do you think is contributing to the surge in youth violence? We're seeing so much more of that. And when we get back from this break, we want to tackle the question of youth violence. Stay with us. We'll be right back on the Virtual Bible Study. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Do you ever think, I'm just one? I don't have great talents. There are so many others. Someone else can do better than me. My work, my efforts, my contributions aren't that significant. Have you ever imagined that no one will notice if you aren't there and don't get involved? If so, you need to spend some time remembering some familiar Bible stories. Consider the importance of one person, or at least just a few people, when, for instance, Noah saved the human race from total annihilation in the global flood. Joseph overcame being sold as a slave, rose to high office in Egypt, and ultimately helped his entire family and nation in the midst of a terrible famine. Moses stood up to Pharaoh and delivered the children of Israel from bondage. Joshua and Caleb brought back a good report on the promised land. Gideon and his 300 men won a battle against a huge army. David defeated Goliath and in the process encouraged the army of Israel to a major victory over the Philistines. Elijah withstood the 450 prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Nehemiah single-handedly motivated and led the people to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Queen Esther saved the Jews from Haman's plot to have them all killed. The prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, steadfastly proclaimed God's word even though they were opposed and persecuted. And the ultimate example, of course, is Jesus himself, who suffered and died alone so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins and have the hope of heaven in eternity. The next time you think, I'm just one, my work doesn't matter, remember that the history of God's people is the history of a faithful few who did what they could to serve him. Let's get busy. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Rick Harris, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. I hope you'll join me and many others in this weekly Internet Bible study group. Be sure to listen every Thursday night. Broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. We want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by going to our website, collegeview.com. All kinds of resources there. Kyle, we've got links to a lot of video resources on collegeview.com. Yeah, it's a lot of studies on there, which <clears throat> we 
concluded our uh, works of the flesh, just started the fruit of the spirit series, and like we're still continuing in Galatians. So there's a lot of a lot of sermons we're putting out and Bible studies, so a lot of stuff on there. Yeah. So remember, there's a separate YouTube channel called College View Livestream. And then, of course, there's this channel that you're watching tonight, the Virtual Bible Study uh, on YouTube. And, of course, on our – and these websites are linked, but on our, our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, you can find at least audio, a lot of video archives, but at least audio archives of almost 17 years. We'll soon be concluding 17 years of the Virtual Bible Study. And so there's just a tremendous amount of resources there. If you're studying some subject, you might very well find some uh, discussion of that subject on uh, the resources available at collegeview.com and thevirtualbiblestudy.com. All right, we're tonight on our uh, study, we're talking about violence, what the Bible says about violence. I think it's important for us to note that not all violence is the sort that is condemned. There, there's, there's a sort of violence that's actually commanded by God. We see it in the Old Testament. I think we see that it's also true in the New Testament. So there's a, we're talking about unrighteous violence that is condemned in the Bible, uh, and we're trying to identify and, and learn lessons about that. To our update list earlier today, I asked the question, what do you think is contributing to the surge in youth violence? Now, we just talked about something that I think is is a much bigger factor than is is being credited in the media today, and that's violent video games, Josh. I, th- I see that personally. I see that as a huge problem. What do you think? Yeah, well, video games, movies, um, t- TV shows, um, books maybe. I-, I-, I don't know. I mean, I think all of it contributes. I was thinking about Proverbs 4, uh, and it- this is the instruction of a father to his son, and he's talking about, uh, in verse 14, enter not into the path of the wicked. In verse 17, it says, for they eat of the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. And so it's something that we've... Uh, as a society, allowed to intoxicate us, I guess, if you will. I mean, we've taken it on, and, and people seem to like it, and it's good entertainment, and they enjoy it. And we play video games where, you, again, you sort of get used to, you know, I guess, shooting and killing people in video games. And so then when people's heart isn't right and they're, they're you know, violence is something that they've uh, sort of encompassed themselves with, well, then somebody makes me mad. How am I going to respond to that? Am I going to respond in a loving way? Yeah. Probably not. I'm probably going to think, you know, I'm just going to go shoot that guy. Yeah. Uh, and so, and, and so we see that. We see people who are, who are, uh, their heart isn't right. Their mind isn't right. And so then they act in ways that, that show that. Uh, uh-huh. You know them by the fruits that they produce and it's wickedness and it's violence. Uh, I think you're exactly right. Um, I found a, a, a reference to an article by a man named David Grossman. He's, he was, he's retired now, a military psychologist, and he wrote an article entitled Trained to Kill. And, uh, he, 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 again, he served in the military as a lieutenant colonel, but he says from his vantage point, there's a rationale that people have known for millennia, namely that there's a natural resistance within the soul against the extinction of a fellow human being's life. In other words, we just, it's just a natural, hesitancy to take a human life he says uh, he, he says that's uh, like it's, it's certainly born in us and and the, the writer of the article referenced genesis 1 verse 26 when we're, we know men are made in the very image of god and there's just a he called it an ought notness uh, to taking a human life 
he says this this sensitivity cries out with the message that we are not autonomous creatures who have the right to arbitrarily choose to destroy the physical lives of others now uh, he so he's a military psychologist he went on to establish this point this innate reticence must be gradually eroded if man is to become a killing machine in the military he points out for instance that uh, during world war ii studies revealed shockingly that only about 15 to 20 percent of the military's riflemen could bring themselves to fire at a living target. So that's a problem. You've got a, you've got an army full of soldiers and only about two out of ten of them are willing to aim their gun or their rifle at another human being and take his life. So they decide they need, the military decide they need to do something. Military officials began working on the problem with a brainwashing program. By the time of the Korean War, 55% of soldiers were willing to kill. In the Vietnam conflict, the rate climbed to 90%. But this turnaround was not without problems. There were numerous cases where soldiers virtually went berserk, killing old people, women, and small children. Uh, moreover, there's been a considerable post-war trauma of an unusual sort. Now, the main thesis of this Grossman in the article that he wrote is that psychological tactics that were employed by the military for many years in achieving the goal with young men to condition them to kill, those things are now being incorporated in video games that youngsters play. Many of our entertainment outlets, he says, TV and movies, they're exposed to the same deleterious effect uh, and and that's why people are becoming more violent. So he's saying... The military had a problem. They couldn't get their guys to kill efficiently. So they had to begin to use psychological methodologies to change their thinking. They succeeded. Now the people who are especially designing violent video games are using the same kind of psychological tools to turn people into killers on the video. But, you know, I've played this video game now for uh, almost around the clock for the last 10 years. I want something more. I want to really see blood. I want to actually see somebody die. I'm telling you, I think that's a bigger problem than people are given credit yeah. to for. Well, and you know, in our country too, and we're not talking about abortion and those kind of things, but just the um, respect for human life has sort of been diminished. Oh, exactly right. You know, and so after in Genesis nine and verse six, after Noah and his family got off the ark. Uh, the Bible says there, Whoso sheddeth man's blood by man shall his blood be shed, for in the image of God made he man. And so there, there ought to be a respect for human life. Uh, and, you know, and, and I don't know, in our, in our country, I think we've, we've lost the respect for human life in various ways. But in this uh, idea of violence, uh, they make those video games. They try to make them more realistic. And, it's, and to your point, they try to make it as realistic as possible. But eventually, it's not enough. It's not, it's not satisfying the... The craving that these people that play it enough, and so they got to go do the real thing. I want to really challenge the parents who are listening about what you let your kids be entertained with. And I, I think there'd be a natural tendency on a lot of parents to just sort of blow this off and say that's ah that's that's not that's not a big deal. This guy is a, is a an expert in training killers and what it takes to train killers. And he says those video games are using the same psychological tools. Now, unless you are a trained psychologist in such matters, 
I would recommend that you should take that to heart, an expert speaking on that subject who knows what he's talking about. Uh, and so there, there's a lot of things that I think are contributing to the surge in youth violence. One of them is the, the video games and the entertainment they see. Uh, uh, another big part of it, Josh, has got to be they're not being trained to have any moral values. Right. You know, uh, uh, young, the, the vast majority of young people in, in our society today are not being taught the moral principles of the word of God. They have no moral base. And therefore, it's much easier for them to take a human life because because right. they they're not plagued with a conscience that's been trained in the Word of God. Well, we just we just got a message in the chat room. Harold says, the overwhelming factor of violence in our country is specifically by young black males from single parent homes. Family has been attacked and broken up. When we create a society that does not value or respect the sanctity of life, and he mentions abortion, what else will happen? This generation places little value on itself. Why would it value others? I think that's I think that's right, and I would argue that the disintegration of the of the family and the failure to teach moral principles, huge factor, yeah. certainly huge factor. Uh, Kent says a, the 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 uh, explosion of youth violence is due to a lack of understanding of biblical principles concerning basic ethics and morality. I think he's right about that. Uh, Dwight says a lack of parenting as a parent should. Uh, lacking, uh, lack of parenting as a parent should is part of the problem. Video games, violent shows, the media, lack of punishment or discipline for poor behavior, children seeing parents and adults acting violently. So oftentimes the child follows in the same path as the parent. And I think all that is right. All right. We're going to have to hurry up and, and, and move along on this. We ask a question now. So we're talking about violence and I hope we've made the point that there's different kinds of violence and, and some of it is plainly condemned in the word of God and as the people of God, we're to be a, a peaceful people. But what about violence relative to, for instance, capital punishment? What we, and, and all the things we're going to talk about here in this, in this segment, we have whole programs on these things in the archives of the Virgil Bible study if you want to look it up. But what about capital punishment, Josh? I mean, that's a violent thing. Capital punishment, taking, that's a taking of a human life. Somebody's gonna die when capital punishment is exercised. That's violent. What about it? Yeah, well, so there are a lot of things mentioned, uh, in, in the law of Moses that carried a death penalty. And, and I wrote a few of them down. Striking a parent, uh, witchcraft, Sabbath breaking, adultery, uh, homosexuality, blasphemy, uh, rape. I mean, there's a lot of things that carried the death penalty under the law of Moses. Uh, and so if you did those things, then uh, the law of the land was an eye for an eye. I mean, you, and, and, and some of the things uh, carried, uh, if, you, if you killed a person, then life for a life. Uh, and so capital well, punishment. The, the, the quibble on that's going to be, that's Old Testament, right? right. And even in, right. Our, even in the chat room, Brian mentioned that some of the violence that's right. recorded in the Old Testament, right. he, he accounts that for being mm-hmm. a time of, of yeah. Lesser spiritual maturity, basically. Right. I'm which not is ready. true. Which yeah. is true. Yeah. So, what about? But we come to the New Testament. Okay. And Romans 13 talks about the government and what the government has right. been put in place for by God. And and so, uh, in in Romans 13, beginning verse one, it says, "Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power, resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil." Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. 
For he is a minister of God to thee for good, but if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Uh, Especially that expression in verse 4, he beareth not the sword in vain. And obviously, so this says that when the government acts as God's agent to punish evildoers, even to the point of capital punishment, Using the yeah. sword. You don't use a sword for anything other than, you don't right. use a sword to just tickle his funny bone. Right. You use a sword to kill him. And so, uh, this is saying that that's, a, that's a, a righteous thing, that God wants that done. He expects them to punish evildoers even to the point of capital punishment. Uh, and so there's a kind of violence that's not condemned, it's actually commanded. Right. Um, when we're talking about, uh, uh, capital punishment, uh, we often look at, what Paul said in Acts chapter 25. We're going to get to that phone in just a minute. In Acts chapter 25, uh, at verse, uh, I had this written down, verse 11. If I be a fender, Paul said, or have committed anything worthy of death, I refuse not to die. But if there be none of these things whereof these accuse me, no man may deliver me unto them. I appeal unto Caesar. And so Paul said, if I've done things worthy of death, I refuse not to die. Yeah. All right. We've got a phone call here. Uh, let me let me get this going here. Who have we got here, Kyle? Harold. Okay. Uh, Harold, can you hear me? I can. Okay. Go ahead. Make your point. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I hope you can hear me. Okay. Go ahead. Well, I was going to make a point about capital punishment. Uh, the thing about it is, if, if there was more. Capital punishment, doing what God says, there'd probably be less death as far as murders in our country if, if, if people would have done what God said about that. Because remember, the recidivism rate is so high, and people get out, murders are literally let out of jail within years or months. And so that contributes, not doing what God said, it contributes to, uh, to the very. To Yeah, just we've just about lost you, Harold. We've got to work on this phone connection. But we get your point and we think that you're right that you know uh the, the scripture even says that when punishment against an evil doer is is postponed, then his heart is fully set to do evil. And so I think that's the point you're making. Thank you, Harold. We appreciate you calling us on the virtual Bible study tonight. Okay, we're we're going to grab a break. When we come back, we want to continue that discussion about some, some forms of violence that may not be condemned in the Scripture. I think capital punishment is not condemned in the Scripture, but is actually uh, commanded. And we're going to talk about military service, police officers, and even acting in self-defense. We're going to get to that, and we're going to have to race to the top of the hour when we get back on the virtual Bible study. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. Most Americans, 80%, agree Jesus Christ is the Son of God the Father, while 10% disagree and 10% aren't sure. The average person isn't quite as sure about the Son of God's existence prior to his birth on earth. Around 2 out of 5, 41%, say God's Son existed before Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Close to one in three Americans, 32%, disagree with that, and 28% say they're not sure. That information is via LifeWay Research. 
The word of God says in John 8, verse 58, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now back to the program. And we're back on the program, going to the top of the hour, talking about what the Bible says about violence. We've made the point, I hope it's clear, that uh, there is a sort of violence definitely condemned in the Word of God, and that the word, the people of God should principally be peaceable people, peaceable people. But there's some kinds of violence that uh, uh, God has actually instructed us to engage, for instance, capital punishment we were just talking about. And I think, and there may be an exception, but I think that um, most all of those who are listening to us probably would agree uh, that capital punishment is ordained of God. Uh, Kent uh, in Georgia says the concept is authorized in the New Testament. He references the verses we just uh, uh, talked about, uh, Romans 13, 1 through 4, Acts 25, verse 11. But both Romans 13 and Acts 25 depend upon capital punishment only on the basis when objective guilt is reasonably proven. Uh, Dwight says capital punishment should not be viewed as an act of violence, but an act of punishment for the crime committed. All right. So now what about and we're going to I think for sake of time, Josh, we'll take these two together. What about serving as a police officer or serving in the military? Well, and and I know that, that we had a whole program on this not that terribly long ago. And if you want to listen to those archives, you can. We got some disagreement at that point. But I'm just going to have to reaffirm what I believe is true. We already read Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 4, where civil government is uh, is ordained of God to be his punitive agent against evil. So a police officer in the, in the in the fulfilling of his duties as a police officer he's going to confront evil and he and he often has to use violence in order to stop and subdue and and then the government to punish the evil doer that's all that's all ordained of god and so he's not the police officer is not committing a sin when he uses force in opposition to an evil doer yeah well greg i was thinking uh in luke 22 when Jesus was going to be betrayed by Judas, in verse um, 52, Jesus said to the chief priests and captains of the temple and the elders which were come to him, he says, Be ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves. And so that question to me uh, leads me to believe that it would be appropriate to come toward a robber or a thief with swords and staves, weapons, in order to you know make sure they things don't get out of hand. But what he was saying was, you're, you're coming to me like I am a thief, and, and you know that's not the case. Yeah. And so, j- just by him making that statement, it, you know, it would show to me that it'd be appropriate to uh, be prepared. You know, if, if it came to violence, uh, 
to be prepared against a thief or a robber or a criminal in that circumstance. I think you're right. I think you're right. Again, I would, I would hinge my argument strongly on Romans 13, first four verses. I think that would apply to the military too. I, I take sort of a hybrid view on the military. I don't think you could be a participant in the military if, if your nation, your army, uh, was engaged in wars of aggression. But in wars of a defensive nature, of course, that's always somewhat subjective, a little bit hard to determine. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, for instance, I don't think a Christian could have served in Hitler's army. There was a war that was an army of aggression. Uh, on the other hand, those who served with the Allies in a defensive uh, uh, response to that aggression, I think you could. But the problem is, I think the problem in, in soldiering, and it could be a problem in police work too, is that you'd have to be able to do that job without having a personal emotion of vengeance or aggression. And we just read that in the military, they train the yeah. soldiers to be killers. I don't think a Christian w- would probably make a really great soldier in, no. in, in warfare times. Because a Christian is going to have a great hesitance to take a human life, and a good soldier has to take human life with impunity. And that's going to be hard to do. Yeah. But I don't think that you can say that a, a policeman or a soldier is sinning in carrying out his duties. Uh, uh, you, you got a couple of caveats, more caveats, I think, in regards to the soldier than the policeman. But uh, uh, I, I don't see that that's the kind of violence that's condemned by what we're talking about tonight. Kent says, uh, serving as a police officer such as authorized upon the, the basis of the right for civil government to exist and enforce laws of civility as, as authorized in Romans 13. This does not justify unethical or unjustified conduct of police officers and as such in itself would be sinful. Serving in the military, the principle regarding the right for civil government to exist also authorizes nations to defend its citizens, such as implied in Romans 13. This does not authorize wars of aggression, neither does it justify unethical acts committed by military officials during a justified war. I thought it was interesting, and Jeanette brought this up in her phone call uh, when when the soldiers ask uh, John the Baptist what they should do he said do violence to no man well, well as soldiers they, they're going to have to engage in warfare perhaps but he was saying don't you be the instigators of violence don't you be seeking personal violence and vengeance so I think I think the, the soldier walks a, a, a pretty fine line there uh, Dwight says a police officer can and needs to uphold the laws of the land. Protecting others sometimes involves, involves violence, uh, such as a fight or, or return fire of a weapon. Most officers I have known would always prefer a nonviolent confrontation over a violent one. Serving in the military also is like a police officer. They are defending, that is, protecting others from violent people. To kill or hurt others just to hurt someone is not the act of a Christian. Uh, that's a tough question. That's a, that's a more involved question. But again, I refer people to our archives. We've got a whole program. Uh, it's been within the last year. Uh, we've got a whole program there, and you can find it in our archives about uh, serving in the military, serving as a police officer. we got to go quickly. But what about self-defense, Josh? So a man is breaking into your house, and he's about to do harm to your wife and your daughters. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, yeah, I was thinking about Romans twelve eighteen that you mentioned. You know, if it's possible, well, there, there may be a situation where it's not possible. Uh, Paul wrote to Timothy in First uh, Timothy, I think it's First Timothy five and verse eight. If I'm thinking about that, providing for your own, uh, and I think I think that. Uh, 
providing for your own, especially those of your own house, house is what he's talking about. I think you provide in a lot of ways. As, as a husband and father, I provide for physical needs, spiritual needs, but part of the physical needs will be their safety and protection. I want to keep them cool. It's hot. During the wintertime, I want to keep them warm. But I think if somebody is trying to do them harm, I think Paul was talking to Timothy about keep them safe in that way. And so, you know. You're saying that you, that you would take it. I do, too, that First yeah. Timothy 5, verse 8 a part of the provision we make yeah. for our own yeah. is their, their protection and safety. Right. I, th- right. I, I think so too. Jesus, um, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus was talking about the, the, uh, the, the unknown time in which final judgment will arrive, I believe. But in Matthew 24, he's, he makes a, he uses an illustration. It has to be a true point or he couldn't have used it. He said, know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. And so he, he said, Jesus is using a principle there. Obviously, we understand the application of the principle. But he's, he's making a principle that you, you have a right to defend yourself and what's yours. This, it's an understood right. To do so. Now, the question always comes up, well, what about what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5 at verse 39? Uh, Jesus said, I say to you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, sometimes that, very often that verse comes up in a, in a discussion of, of, uh, self-defense, but, but I don't think that my understanding of that text is Jesus is not describing a life-threatening assault. He's describing an insult or a taunt. And he's saying, back away from that. Don't allow yourself to be drawn in if someone's just trying to taunt you into a fight or try, just trying to insult you. Back out. And I really think, you know, that would, should be our first reaction, even in self-defense kind of situation, is to back away. To seek yeah. safety by retreat rather than right. by, by, you know, Escalating the situation, yeah, not just looking to do harm to somebody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I know there's, and I, I know lots of good faithful Christians who disagree on this question of self-defense, and I certainly respect their conscience. And I, and and in all of those kind of things, we would say to people, be true to your conscience. And if your conscience dictates to you that it would be wrong to act in self-defense, by all means, don't do it. Uh, you, you've got to be true to your conscience, but. My understanding of the scriptures is that that it it is an approved kind of violence in the rare times when it might become necessary. Real quickly, what's the real solution then? we got all this violence going on in the world around us. What's the real solution, Josh? Well, I think the real solution is uh, we have to get our heart right. And I know we've we've mentioned all these things. And I think you read the verses earlier, uh, Matthew 15, beginning verse 17. uh, He talked about, uh, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, uh, so uh, we, we've got to get our heart right, uh, and once we get that right, our actions, our thoughts, and our actions uh, will will go hand in hand. Uh, and so I really think I really think that's the issue. Violence comes from a person's heart, and it comes out if we don't get our feelings under control. Exactly right. We gotta we gotta try to imitate God. God hates violence. Uh, Psalm 11, verse 5, The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked and him that loveth violence, his soul hateth. God hates those who love violence. Uh, and it's obviously talking about the sinful kind of violence that we've identified tonight. Uh, so we gotta, we got to try to think like God thinks, be like God is. 
I think we've got to control what influences our lives, the media, uh, the kind of things we are entertained by, even the people that we associate with. Proverbs 3, verse 31, the New American Standard Version says, Do not envy a man of violence and do not choose any of his ways. Just don't do that. Don't be like that. Uh, so, uh, it's, a, it's a deep, important subject, Josh, and I hope we've been able to get to some of the heart of the matter as we look to the Word of God about violence tonight. Yeah. Well, we missed we missed a bunch of comments in the chat room. Apologize about that, but we we're running out of time. We had to move pretty quick. Thanks to all of you who've been participating in the chat room, listening to us live on the virtual Bible study, and we also thank those of you who will catch us in the archive. Kyle, any final thoughts? No, it's a good study. I think it's timely, as most of our studies have been lately. I think it's a little kind of a <clears throat> theme we're working on, but it's a it's a good it's a good study, and they can need a study on it. So all right, good. Thank you, Kyle, for your help. Josh, thanks for your help. Lord willing, the virtual Bible study will be back on next Thursday night, same time, same place. We hope you'll set your, uh, maybe your, uh, put a reminder on your smartphone to tune in at that time next Thursday night. Uh, we'll look forward to another study. Until then, read and study your Bible. Live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.